Well, hello. Uh, this is Kelly Maher, and this is a little, I, I guess it's a podcast. It's podcast adjacent. It is little audio notes from me, and I call it Notes from the Urban Farm, where I give you like a quick update as to what is going on here on our little urban farm nestled just north of Denver, Colorado, at the base of the Rocky Mountains, which I cannot see today because it's kind of like gray and sad outside. But, but here is the thing. So what's going on on our little urban farm? It's, it's cold. It's January 24th. So it's, you know, the middle of winter. But one of the things also is that I am asking Siri on my phone approximately 42 times a day this question. Siri, what was 145 days ago? It was Thursday, September 1st, 2022. And here is why I keep asking her this. Although, by the way, every time I ask her, it is the same answer. (laughs) So I can just keep asking her, like, what was 145 days ago? What was 145 days ago? Siri, what was 145 days ago? And she keeps giving me the same answer because I keep asking it multiple times in the same day. So the answer is the same. And I know the answer, but some reason I still need to ask And the reason is September 1st, 2022 was the day that Bella, my favorite doe, was bred. Um, So that means, by the way, a goat's gestational period, the amount of time from the day that they're bred to the time that they have babies, is 145 days for miniatures and is about 150 days on average for full-size dairy goats. I have what are called miniature La Manchas, which are a combination of kind of the smaller miniatures, which go 145 days, and the larger standards, uh, which have more milk that they give generally, and that's 150 days. So that means that this week I am on Baby Goat Watch. (laughs) And it's really exciting. It's also somewhat stressful. I have some people who are like, hey, let's get lunch today. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe. Uh, As long as everybody understands that all of my plans are contingent on whether or not a goat is having a baby at that given moment. Uh, So that's what I'm doing. This is just walking around. Siri, what was 145 days ago? Siri, what was 145 days ago? And then as I get further down the line, then I'm going to be like, Siri, what well, was 150 days ago, right? So my girls generally go like between 145 and 147. But it's just going to be, it's going to, it's, it's, this feels like the calm before the storm. And then earlier this morning, my husband told me that this weekend we're supposed to have snow. So uh, it could quite literally be the calm before the storm because Anybody who's had a baby knows that sometimes that change in barometric pressure will push you into labor. So, yeah, that's what's going on. It's like I'm I'm in the middle of a waiting game and uh, excited about it. Bella was bred on September 1st. June, uh, the other girl, one of my other girls, was bred September 2nd, and then Ulta was bred on September 3rd. So it's about to be like, bam, 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 babies everywhere, right? Hopefully, as long as they're all 
in fact pregnant. I did not do pregnancy tests this year because they've taken really well. Uh, they seem fat. They seem like fat adjacent. I think, I think they're probably, I think they're, I think they're pregnant. Uh, if I don't see anything in, you know, 10-ish days, I will be calling a, uh, my vet to come down and hopefully I just make it through the next 10 days without having to call my vet. Uh, so that's pretty much what's up here. Chickens are all running around and I've got tons of them. Don't tell my husband. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this. So, uh, I'm just going to put this out here. And if he does listen to this, I'm dead meat. Not really, but you know, I'll get in trouble. I put in an order for some new chickens, uh, that were coming in April. So that's exciting. And then the seed catalog came. So I'm making garden plans, which is a really great way to kind of fight through this like gray, sadness, foggy, cold, ugh. Right. So right now it's just a matter of trying to keep everybody warm and consistently fed and with really good water that is warm and all the things. So uh, let's see. Last week I didn't post this because Monday was Martin Luther King Day. Kids were off. That was great. Tuesday uh, was the start of a storm. And then Wednesday, the kids didn't have school. The human kids didn't have school. Because uh, it was a gigantic snowstorm. So I was expecting that maybe some babies were going to pop early in the snow. They did not. Phew. But now we have another storm coming. Um, It is an unusually snowy January. Uh, Which, look, we live in Colorado. And one of the things about living in Colorado is that people who live here will say to you, we need the moisture, no matter what, right? We need the moisture. We need the moisture. And they are correct. This is a desert. We live in a very cold, snowy desert. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, we need the moisture. The ground is still covered in snow. And I'm just waiting, waiting for goat babies. So hopefully three this week. Cannot wait to tell you. And it is now that I've had three-ish, no, four, gosh, five years of kiddings. A plus. Good for me. Uh, Anyway, now that I've had quite a few kiddings under my belt and I've had, you know, perfect ones where I walked outside and was like, holy moly, there's babies. (laughs) What's up? And then I've had really, really hard, sad ones. Uh, I wrote a piece about it last year called The Light Went Out and it was when Lucia... Oh, gosh, it's a year later and I'm like still about to choke up and cry talking about uh, when I lost my beloved doe, Lucia, uh, in kidding last year. And you know what? Sometimes like, look, this is just the reality and we don't think about this because we're humans, right? And we have all of this medical care and stuff. But but the reality is childbirth, kid birth, it's a, it's a dangerous business. And sometimes not everything goes perfectly. So... You know, it's it's like the anticipatory, yay, I'm so excited, I can't wait to see, but then also the the like almost almost like you're about to like you're at the top of the roller coaster and you don't know if it's gonna be like the most fun ride ever or if it's like a, a rickety old roller coaster and you don't know if the the uh cars are gonna just like fly off the track, right? Um so, 
that's where I am. I'm just, I'm just waiting and uh, going outside every five minutes and being like, hey, what's up? Are there babies? Okay. And then uh, getting Mark, my husband stopped at the feed store and he found some straw. Straw has been out everywhere. So very grateful for that. So I can pull the girls in overnight if necessary. But right now, I mean, they're really not showing any of the signs that they're headed into labor. Now, the three girls that are due this week are all experienced moms who have all had kiddings before. So it probably won't be the same amount of lead up, you know, like once you've, once you've had three or four kids, <laughs> I have one of my girlfriends, Bethany, and actually another one of my girlfriends, Mary Catherine, just had their uh, fourth and sixth child, respectively, children. And, you know, by the time you have done this a few times, you kind of know what's up and you can just like knock it out, I guess. I don't know. I, I, you know, have to have surgery every time I have kids. So I, <laughs> I don't understand how that part works, but it sure does seem like the goats, a few kiddings in kind of understand what's going on. So, uh, the signs I look for with my girls every few minutes, besides talking to Siri and asking her what was 145 days ago is, uh, their stomach area will start to kind of drop down. So the kids are getting ready to kind of uh, position themselves into the birth canal. And so they will get kind of like almost these dents on either side of their spine as their stomach drops. Their udders will start to fill up with milk. Uh, And then there is a set of two tendons that kind of hold their tails up. And those tendons will loosen Uh, So you can kind of feel down their back and right towards their tail. And if you can't feel those two tendons, that means that childbirth is impending. Because what happens is the hormones loosen up all those tendons. The same way, by the way, like my friends who have had several kids, children, human children, I have to be really careful about using kids and kids because kids are goats and children are humans. As, by the way, my very language precise mother has said for years and years, right? Children, kids are, kids are goats. Um, and this was before I had kids, but human kids, children, damn it. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, the point is you can feel down a goat's back and when those two tendons are gone, kids are impending. And my friends who have had many human children, you know, your hips will loosen up. And your pelvis will start, all of that hormones kind of loosens everything up, which is why, by the way, when you're in late stage pregnancy or when you've just had a baby, you can get very accident prone because you, everything loosens up. It's super easy to fall over. Now, as somebody who is six feet tall and very just tippy, like I'm generally even straight sober. I'm a super tippy accident prone person. I had to be really, really careful at the end of my pregnancies because man, it can get you. It can super get you. Anyway, uh, so that's what's going on here. I, on Sunday, wrote a piece for my premium subscribers of the Substack, realbestlife.substack.com, about the fact, and I will just tell you this one quick story, and then I will sign off, and then I will ask Siri 55 more times today what was 145 days ago so that she can continue to tell me it was September 1st, as if 
I'm waiting for Santa, except it's like baby goat Santa. Anyway, so on Sunday morning, woke up. Uh, we went with our family to the National Western on Saturday. So we took the boys to the rodeo, which is really a great tradition. And if you're in Colorado or even in the West, it is worth coming up to the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo. Uh, a friend of mine, Angela, is on, it works raising money for their capital campaign. She just uh, a few weeks ago, or I guess last week, hit $100 million raised. So uh, she is amazing, and I cannot wait to see what they continue to do with that. Anyway, so we went to the rodeo Saturday, so we were all exhausted, and ugh, right? Sunday. Sunday morning, I wake up. Uh, the, the girls who are pregnant were joined by this little, I have this little fat baby goat. Her name is Sita. And she was born last year when her mom, Lucia, passed, the one I just told you about. Uh, she was one of the kids from that kidding. And she is her mom. Like, she is basically her mother's clone. And uh, she's totally a problem and very fat and very fuzzy and loves belly rubs and treats and all the things. So when I brought the pregnant girls, I have two pastures. One, it's right next to the indoor pens. And then one is kind of like on the far side. And it has, I, I keep my goats, mostly the housing that they prefer of all things is dog loos, but there's like those dog igloos. They really like them. But I don't know, maybe they're warm or snuggly or round. I Unclear what it is that they dig about dog loose, but they really, really dig dog loose. Anyway, then they also have a shed up on the other side. So they have housing, but down at at the other pasture that is next to the indoor pens, you know, I, I wanted them close so that I can pull them in at night so that I can, you know, make sure once they go into labor, I can pull them inside. And then, you know, I put the moms and the babies under heat lamps and all this stuff, especially if they come in the middle of the snowstorm, which is likely because, of course, like the middle of the night in the middle of a snowstorm, it, that is the way that babies come. Um, anyway, so I brought the pregnant moms down and little baby fat Sita, who's just, you know, a year old and just like whatever. She saw me pulling the pregnant girls out and she was like, no, this looks fun. I don't know where they're going, but they're going somewhere fun. So she slipped the fence and tagged along. And I was like, hey, I don't care. It doesn't matter. She can she can come down to the far pasture. She doesn't eat that much. She takes up no space. And, you know, she's just she's she's like fat and cute in there. Right. Which is really actually what I aspire to is just like fat, cute in there. Um, anyway, <laughs> so she comes down. So it's the three girls do this week and Sita down in this pasture. And in this pasture, in the in the down pasture, I have been giving them a bunch of extra grain because, you know, if you're about to have babies, like you deserve a treat, right? Like lots of treats. You deserve all, all the treats. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to not make them so fat that they can't give birth, right? Like I don't want them to be like sickly, but besides that, basically, girl, you want it, you got it, right? <laughs> so anyway, I take this I take this grain out to the girls Sunday morning. I already had the human children. See, I did it there. I did children and my husband at the rodeo the day before. Everybody's tired. 
I'm just down. I'm going to throw some grain out to the girls who are pregnant and Sita. And then I'm going to grab some eggs because that's what we're doing. We're making breakfast. Anyway, so I do all of that. And then I, I dump the grain. I throw some hay in the feeder. And the three pregnant girls go to the hay. Sita sees her opportunity and like runs straight for the grain. And like, I don't know how she manages to defy physics, but she basically like took her jaw and like unhinged it by making herself like a vacuum towards this grain. Like she was like, (laughs) oh God. Anyway, like inhale, I... I, I've heard that there are some dogs who can like, you know, fighting dogs and and stuff that can actually unhinge their jaw. And that's why you can't get them off like a clamp. Like that was her and this bucket of grain. And she just was so excited because the, you know, the big girls have been pushing her off. And so I'm feeding the chickens. I'm grabbing some eggs and I look over and she's like shaking. And I was like, oh gosh, what's wrong? And I get over there and she's not breathing. Like, what? Sita, what? And I'm realizing she is choking. Just like, you know, when you're stressed out, when you're feeding your humans, children, dang it, kids. Ah, when you're feeding your children hot dogs and you're like watching them, just waiting to, and nope, Sita ate the grain so fast she was choking. So I grabbed her two back legs. Thank God she is so small, by the way, and like, I mean, so she's probably the size of a like small cocker spaniel, right? So she's not big. I can pick her up. It's not my favorite, but I can pick her up. So I picked her up by her two back legs. I squeezed her to me like an accordion, right? And she goes, (laughs) it was disgusting. And this grain came out and I was like, okay, all right. At least she's breathing. And I set her down. And then she started. This is so gross. I cannot believe I'm telling this story. Well, anyway, so Then she started to like foam at the mouth, like foam at the mouth. And she started to shake her head around. Right. And so I've got this like little cocker spaniel is like foaming at the mouth and she is flicking because she's moving her head around. She's flicking foam everywhere. It's disgusting. And I, you know, call my husband who's upstairs and he throws on his boots and like trudges down and, you know, he's he's like, well, did you give her the Heimlich? And I'm like, yeah. And she's it's you know, it's all a thing. Anyway, she's foaming at the mouth like a fire extinguisher all over. And my husband walks down and he's like, oh, well, and he like grabs her, you know, and like shakes her a little bit. And then we just kind of watch her. And then all of a sudden she goes, what? And another huge like it was like a cluster of grain comes out straight out of her throat and man it was so terrifying and I by the way I think that that's basically everything about urban farming is like it's just it's like great and peaceful and day-to-day and then all of a sudden you look up and you have a baby choking so uh, and then it was fine. And then she, by the way, like tried to, there. I'm sorry. I should. I don't know if you can hear this. The guineas are going bananas. Hold on one sec. I got to check what's going on out here. What are, what are you yelling at? 
literally they're they're just yelling because the cat went outside. Like this is this is life with guineas. I don't know if you guys can hear this or if not, I'll edit it out. Anyway, um, so that's my story. I wrote about it on Sunday. And by the way, got a bunch of really nice texts from people who were like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that a story about a goat puking could be so funny. And I was like, great. <laughs> Yay. Um, anyway, suffice it to say, urban farming, always like fun and gratifying and also terrifying as is basically all of life. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. I will update you as soon as we have babies. And uh, again, I'm Kelly Maher. This is Notes from the Urban Farm. I have screaming guineas for no apparent reason. They know this cat. They literally have seen this cat every day. They have to let me know. The cat's back. Okay, super. Um, Yeah, and I'm just here in my she shed telling you what's up. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to check the goats again. And I'm going to see if I can get the guineas to stop being dumb. Siri. What was 145 days ago? It was Thursday, September 1st, 2022. There you go.